You are listening to selfdiscoverymedia.com, where illumination and inspiration is but a click away. With so many genre topics for you on everything that you need to know in life, we celebrate and share the people who have taken the journey before you and who are now here to serve you with their wisdom and their knowledge. The next show coming up is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Their Story Matters here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Ivan Anz. He's a philanthropist investor, and what he is doing is something that I don't understand why has not been done thus far, but what he's doing so makes sense, and it really serves so many people. Giving back dignity, giving back opportunities, creating... Um, communities, and while all the time serving the investors that are investing in this. Sounds too good to be true, but it isn't. They're doing this and they're doing wonderful work. And I can't wait to share with you uh, what he is doing for America, for people who have been out of their homes, for all these empty houses that are out there. And also his book, um, Philomenia, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but we'll get into his book as well. This is a young man of 34 years of age and a go-getter. He's a mover and a shaker and really puts his heart and soul into everything that he does. I love that. I love people who put heart first because heart is what really leads us forward in life. And I'm very excited to share his why, why he came to America to do this, how he got so many people to, to see his vision, where that vision is going, who does it serve, and how we could maybe even duplicate this somewhere else. So welcome to the show, Ivan. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for your amazing introduction. I am really glad that we got together and give me the opportunity to share with all your audience the importance of getting the conscious level of help in the investment world to raise uh, for focusing that into the humanity, not only in the individual itself. And that's how I actually got started with the philanthro investor phenomena, which is actually the title of my book. Excellent. You can see here, Growing Your Capital While Helping Others. And what you actually asked, Sarah, was exactly a very important question. Why? Mm-hmm. Why, right? You're a young man. You could have gone in so many directions. Why this avenue? Although it makes total sense to me at my age, but at your age, you could have invested in so many things. Why this avenue? Exactly. And the real why is because when I was, I was raised in a family that my parents always gave me the example from when I was a children of the importance of having philanthropy in your life, in the day-to-day life not doing something or being a millionaire in order to do it, just, just being part of your life. And I observed my parents from the very beginning in, their, in my age uh, doing donations to charities, going and giving, uh, you know, gifting cars to different mm-hmm. charities or creating a lot of, um, you know, buying a lot of gifts for children in an orphanage and things like that. Like it was part of my life when I was a child, you know. And at the same time, at the age of seven, I became an entrepreneur. <laughs> Only seven? Why not six? <laughs> <laughs> How did you become an entrepreneur at seven? Exactly. And that was, I had my first entrepreneurial venture. And what it was is that in my home, 
like on the neighbor, I had a whole land that was empty. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a person that worked for my parents that he was the grass cutter. Mm-hmm. So he went there and he prepared for me a whole racetrack for my own go-kart. Right. Exactly. Instead of using it myself, I will invite all the neighbors and I will rent my go-kart. <laughs> I love it. As I said, you're the same age as my son. I think there's something about that year that came out with the ingenuity. Um, so already you, you knew how to provide uh, work for people by creating an industry that also served other people's pleasure. Exactly. And then when I actually was uh, 20, around 20, 21, 22, around that area, I actually got fall in love with the purpose of providing home ownership to families that otherwise cannot afford it. I created my first private neighborhood in my own city in Argentina. Wow. Already. Exactly. And then with the whole purpose of seeing these uh, green faces in families when they actually got their own land in a place that they will be living and creating for their own future. So then in 2010, I start coming here to the U.S. to actually find about business. Mm-hmm. And when I actually find about business in the U.S., I thought, okay, there is some opportunities in this country that I can actually figure it out. And if you allow me, I can read you a chapter on yes. the book yes. that is not, it's short. It's just one page and a half. Mm-hmm. And it talks about what are the dreams behind the philanthropy investor phenomena. Please. Please. Read ahead. Read ahead. Okay, I will totally do that. So it says here, it is the preface of the book, and it says, give me a second, the dreams behind the philanthropy investor phenomena. I like to share the story of how I created the philanthropy investor phenomena. It was a result of dream after dream and persisting through the overcoming of barriers to make those dreams a reality. When I was 12 years old, I was traveling in a van over the multiple ocean bridges of the beautiful Tampa Bay. And I had my first dream. I will live in this area when I become an adult. In 2007, I created my first real estate development, a private neighborhood in Latin America. I was financing the land to people that otherwise would never own their lot. Mm -hmm. I fell in love with the green on families' faces when they came to visit for the first time, knowing that it would be the place to build their own home. Here came my second dream. I will dedicate my life to help others achieve what otherwise they can't. Right. To give a different sense to life. In 2009, I was traveling through the highways in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and I saw a huge promotional sign that read, International Real Estate Firm. Instantly, my third dream was born. I will create an international real estate firm. In 2009, I was heavily heavily involved with speculative investments, and I lost almost all the money I had at that time. As a result, I experienced painful moments that I do not wish anyone to experience. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I managed to pass through 
that. And then my fourth dream came true. I will save investors from the speculation industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In 2011, I was living in Argentina. And I realized that the entire country was not able to acquire one of the strongest and most stable currencies in the world, the US dollar. Mm-hmm. When I realized that most don't even have the possibility to travel outside the country, and even those that do, aren't able to exchange the Argentina currency for another one. Right. As a result, the fifth dream came true. I will create something that will allow my Argentinian fellows to be able to make consistent and stable profits in U.S. dollars so they can increase their financial freedom. You have a lot of dreams that you don't just dream. You're not sitting back just dreaming. You're, you're activating them and, you know, manifesting those dreams into being and you're a go-getter which is what we need we have a lot of people that dream you know they desire they wish to they don't know how to Uh, and it's for you it seems to be when you see the dream you seem to see the pieces that need to go together and that's a gift right that is a wonderful gift to have because um there are a lot of people with dreams desires i have them myself with the way i want to help people but not everybody has the ability to see that piece goes here that piece goes there and that will create the 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 foundation for the dream to grow in so clearly i always speak to about what our gifts are in life and our self-discovery is to discover what our gift is what's our meaningful purpose here and then once we've um, established that gift and and perfected our gift to a point we bring it to the orchestra of life you are creating an orchestra with all the philanthropy that you're doing whether it be serving the investors serving the community giving opportunities for people to expand the horizons and that is so very beautiful and so very needed and we need more like you (laughs) that's for sure but it's um i think the big word that i'm seeing here there is dignity you're giving people dignity, the right to have a home, the right to build a life, the, the right to, to be able to travel and explore without the persecution. But also for the investor, you know, there is obviously clearly profit for them down the road, but they're not doing it for the almighty dollar. It's heart-centered in the fact I'm a part of building something that's going to be bigger than what the dollar sign is. Because when a, a, a community is enriched, and it's thriving, and it's uh, building its own industry, it is far bigger than any one investment, isn't it? It's, it's really where the enrichment of life needs to be, and it's what's been lacking for so long of building our communities again. So thank you so much for doing that, and for dreaming, but you know, applying your dreams. But you, you lost, which I'm glad you did, because when you lost something, you actually understand the pain of it. For you, it wasn't something you got stuck in. It's now like, I have lost. I know what that feeling's like. What am I going to do now to regain so that I can continue the work I'm doing? So why, America, are you buying the houses? Because you're buying houses from the bank that have been neglected for so long and they're being repaired and people are going into them at below the rent that they would normally pay to build the industry. Why did you choose America to do that? Well, when I actually came to America, I came because I love this area from when I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. 
I told you one was one of my dreams. So when I came here, I started looking at how I can actually continue helping families live in their own homes because I'm doing it in my country. Yes. And, and then I actually found something very, very, very important onto this model that, you know, a being, a human being, what it happens with a human being if you are moving him around all the time from place to place to place and it's not stable from one home to a different home to a different home just losing their friends losing their stability losing their school losing their you know everything that goes around yeah see what i mean yes. so after i actually had that cognition and realization i say well there is now 70,000 homes across the U.S., a quarter, yeah. that are being foreclosed. Means all these families and these children are losing the stability in their communities. Yeah. And the important thing here is that a family, an individual, a group, it can only attain power and expansion if it is stable in the same place. Because if you're moving them around, how they will create power, how they will be able, just by the definition of power, of being able to do and being able to have something. No so, foundation in which to build from, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So how you will achieve that if you are moving them around because the landlord changed their mind. Mm -hmm. And now that the landlord changed their mind, they are moving the tenant from the home or for any reason they cannot pay for five days. So they are kicked off of their yeah. home like that mm -hmm. so then i want to actually read you something very important mm -hmm. i want to go over in the model is the because the model is very simple we actually receive lists from the banks mm -hmm. and you can find about the, the three minutes there is a three minutes video in the yes. equity equity and help right. it's on our posting right here and selfdiscoverymedia.com under their story matches on your show yes they just have to put in your name and they'll find it awesome so then I want to share with you guys, after you see that video, the model is unbelievable. It can create, you know, around two double digit returns on most of the portfolios that we manage. And it takes time, you know, because we need to put the families in it and then the families need to get stable. They are fixing the home. So there is, there is a one year project when you actually invest into the philanthropy investing program because it's a long term system. But I want to give you what are the philanthropy the philanthropy sites of the philanthropy investing and what are the investing sites? Yes. Investing. Yes. Because an investor, let's face it, wants to see a return and wants to receive return in within a particular time frame, Right. So they obviously need to, to generate money so they can actually invest in more things. So, you know, what's in it for them is always going to be the question. And but right. then at the cost of what is the other question, right? So yes, please clarify. Perfect. So the philanthropy investor is a word that I coined. So it comes from philanthropist, which is one who makes an active effort to promote human welfare. Mm. And then an investor is one who commits money in order to earn a financial return. Mm -hmm. And an investor is also one involved or engaged, especially emotionally, when, like when you invest in your children or when you invest yes. in your family. Mm -hmm. So the philanthropy investor is one who invests money or time and engages emotionally to promote human welfare 
while earning a financial return. Perfect. Makes so much sense. I mean, the investment is so big. It's not financial. It's look at what you've done to give dignity, foundation, security in building a community. Exactly. Is there any bigger return than that? I don't care about the money. Is there any bigger return in the pride of knowing that you seeded this opportunity for other people to foundate and grow? Correct. You got it. And the important, and the important thing here is that the philanthropy side and the investing side are both. So which are the philanthropy sides? The philanthropy side of this philanthropy investing is number one. You're doing philanthropy by supporting a cause that is stabilizing families across the U.S. for the welfare of humanity. Mm -hmm. Second, you are doing philanthropy by allowing the family to also purchase their home far below after repair value and giving them immense equity to have in their home instead of capturing the entire equity for you as fixers and flippers normally will do. Right. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, dollar for dollar, the profit isn't going to be as it would be if you fix something up and then you, you know, upsell. But where the, the true value is in the fact that you have rebuilt a community, given dignity and purpose back to lives in building a secure home for their family, because we know that when people feel secure under the roof, they know it's not going to be get taken away. They know they can root down and start building friendships and start building businesses in the community. That community will thrive. And then it creates its own industry. It creates its own e-commerce, right? So mm -hmm. if, if the investor is in it primarily to rebuild lives and make a small profit from it, great. That's the way we want to see it. Yes, go make a profit. You put the money up there, but not profit at the expense of people. Invest in the people so you can make a small profit. The biggest profit you have here is knowing that these lives have changed for the better because of your investment. You are right. And there is more on the philanthropy side. Yes. You are doing philanthropy by giving a family an opportunity to own a home with only 1,000 of down payment instead of the 20 to 25% as normal private lenders will ask. Right. Wow. And wow. then you are doing philanthropy by supporting a family that had a medical situation or lost their job or just had a baby or need to buy school supplies. You are keeping them in the home and cover for the property taxes and insurance for 90 to 120 days until they catch up and repay you back for all expenses you incur for them. Right. Yeah. And you're doing philanthropy by allowing the families to live in their own home for an average of half of what it will cost to rent the same home and build equity instead of becoming the landlord and getting the entire cash flow for you while they build no equity. Right. I recently interviewed a wonderful gentleman from Germany. His company is called Pure Necessity. And he works with other companies, governments, and industries to change the three Ps. Instead of profit at the expense of people and planet, it's invest in the people and the planet. Your profit will come. You're doing the same thing here. Invest in the people. When the people are secure, when they, they have that ability to dream again because they've got the security, what can they do with those dreams? 
How can they dream when they don't even know when the next meal is or the roof over their head or somebody's sick? And how do you, how do you look after someone sick when you're being evicted, right? By investing in the people and showing you care. It is allowing them to, be, to dream again. From those dreams comes creativity. And from that creativity comes industry. And so it's a wonderful way of doing it. I'm a huge advocate of invest in the people and the planet, the profit will come. If you are looking for profit first, you are an old dinosaur paradigm. We've been there, we've done that. Look at the mess we're in. It's the other way around now. And we can have a very enriched society everywhere if we look at people as the true investment, right? As the true profit. Exactly, exactly, my friend. And now that you just said that, I want to also, don't forget that, you know, money is a tool to achieve, mm -hmm. to achieve mm -hmm. dreams and purposes in life. Yes. That's what money is. So that's why I didn't forget about the investing side right. for the investor. And this is the investing side of philanthropy investing. Number one, you are investing by putting money into real estate and buying it far below after repair value, around 50 to 60% of the after repair value. Wow. That's you a good are, deal. <laughs> yes, that's a good deal. You are investing by becoming a lender to families and financing their home at a reliable interest rate that can pay back for your investment and double your net worth in six years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You are investing because the asset you own will increase in value by the family's repairs and improvements at not cost to you. Right. Right. You are investing because you put your money behind something that generates real cash, right. the family's payments, instead of a speculative investment where you only make money based on a perceived and sometimes false value. Right. You are investing because you've created a future for yourself and your family in knowing that you are doing the steps to create a real estate empire, which you can pass on to your children and grandchildren for years to come. And at the same time that you're doing that, you're creating communities. You're giving back to other families. You're allowing other dreams to, to happen. And it's a, it's a double investment, isn't it? It's a financial investment. It's a heart and soul investment. It's a conscious investment. And something that is so much, we've, we've seen the gouging for so long. And this is the reason why we're in this position. When we look at people and we see truly the abundance that lies within them, the enrichment that lies within them, how much wisdom do we lose? How, many, how much creative ideas do we lose? Because everybody wants the big buck. If we invest in those dreams, if we invest in the idea and don't wait for the idea to be built and be patented and this and that, because how did they get the money to do that? Invest in the people who have got the dream, the seeds, water them, nurture them. Who knows what's going to come out of that? Absolutely wondrous things can come out of that, but you've got to give people that security. You know, the, the, the way that can roots a tree is not strong just from the ground up. It's those solid roots and the enormous matrix that's underneath there of every other tree in that forest supporting each other. And when you build a community, you're building that matrix where everybody in that community supports each other. And that's, that's how we rebuild the world. Exactly. And you know how it is called our software that we've been designing for the last few years for this company? 
that is a whole custom-made software for this model is called the Equity and Health Matrix. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't just about Neo, folks. You know, this... I don't think people actually understand what matrix is or how much, because we, we so just look at the surface of things. We don't understand the neurons that make us tick. We don't understand the fibers and the matrix and the communication that is literally running through every vibration, every frequency, every connection in the earth. If we started to really connect with one another and not look, what can I get from you? but what can I do for you? Or what can we do together? We're really going to truly see the real enrichment of what this planet has to give and what we really can be. Exactly, Sarah. And you know what you just said, the matrix is exactly that, is that we are all connected between each other. Yeah. We are all connected between each other. And as connected as we are, we can even, we can, with just our communications. Mm-hmm. Life is communication between each other. So with just our communication, we can worsen other people's life or we yeah. can improve other people's life. We can worsen other people's day or we can improve other people's days. We can worsen other people's hour or minute or we can improve other people's hour or minute. And that's the importance of actually be aware of what communication you are going to give to other people because that communication really can improve them for their entire life or it can worsen their life. Precisely. Exactly. And I call that in my book, The Natural Law of Betterment. Thank you. Yes, it is a natural law. It's actually what we were meant to do here. If you look at history, the village was only as strong as everybody participating in it. Everybody supported one another through good times, through bad times. That village knew it had to stay strong together, together, right? Even the village idiot had a role in the, in the play, right? And we have become, I don't know, the last 30, 40 years, where we've separated everything. It's me, myself, and I. As long as I'm all right, I don't care about anyone else. We were not designed to be like that. We were designed to be communities, unities. We were designed in that metrics always to have that thread, to rise up into good vibrations, to rise up at a particular frequency, a particular hertz that is more of a loving vibration. This whole hate and division, and I'm out to get you, and separatism and uh, division, is a man-made thing. And it comes from ego, it comes from fear. Black, white, pink, yellow, or polka dot, I don't care. We're all on this planet. We're all paying rent here. And are we good tenants or are we bad tenants? Are we good community players or are we bad ones? And we are the ones that have to choose that. We're the ones that got to really have a good talk in our mirror and say, which side of the coin are we? And which side of the coin should we be? Because I don't care whether you are an investor with money. You started off, your family taught you to care from a young age. To give, to share, to respect, to appreciate. And if we teach our children to do that now, they may grow up to be like you, which would be wonderful. But they may just grow up to be caring people that actually step out of their comfort zone and do something nice for someone else. 
Exactly, Sarah. And that's what I call the natural law of betterment. Mm -hmm. It goes like this. If a country on your side is in a better condition, your own country will be in a better condition. If your neighbor is in a better condition, you will be in a better condition. If you are in a better condition, your neighbor is in a better condition. So that's the way I think how this planet shall be think and thought from the G20 group commanding the top countries in the world is that viewpoint. If the neighbor country, if Canada is better, United States will be better. If Mexico is in a better condition, United States will be in a better condition. If China is in a better condition, United States will be in a better condition. And that's a natural law of betterment. Yes. And and, and it, it's actually the lateral law of physics too. Attract, uh, it attracts like. Exactly. Right. So what you feed will grow. Yes. If you're going to feed the discontent, if you're going to feed the hate or the greed or the ego, you're going to get more of the same of what we're seeing in the world, which equals dysfunction. And uh, the end of our days at the rate we're going. If you decide to feed the seeds that allow everybody to be abundant, whatever their measure of abundance is, your neighbor being abundant, person down the block being abundant, everybody being abundant means that nobody is lacking. And if somebody is at a time of need, you are there to help them through it. You're also there to celebrate all the abundance. It's a rising of the frequency. And we know that this planet works better on a higher frequency than it does on the lower one, right? Good vibrations. We are so infected by somebody's smile, somebody who's joyful, you know, that is happy. And, we, and it makes us feel good. So why can't we do acts of kindness and love that makes other people feel good? It really is very rewarding. <laughs> exactly. It's very rewarding. Yes. So- that's, that's why we should go into that direction. Yeah. And there is another thing that I want to actually, I will share the screen with you in a little bit if you allow me to do so. Yes, please. And, and what I will actually do is that the natural law of giving back is another very important, important natural law. Mm-hmm. And there is a few people in this planet that discover that natural law and they apply it into their life. And they, most of them are multimillionaires and billionaires. Yeah. Because they understand the natural law of giving back. So let me share the screen with you just for a second. So I can actually show you something that is really, really important. Um, here it is. Let me do it for you. This. Look. Yes. At- Look at the net worth of this man. Talk about Look. philanthropy. <laughs> Capital P. Exactly. Look what happened. Yes. He was just growing and growing and growing, right? Stably. But look, at the age of 60 years old, when he realized that he was having a heaviness by, you know, in his own, in his own shoulders of all these quadrillions and billions of dollars that really is not what it makes happy to a human being. What it makes really happy to a human being is when he's seeing for himself that he's helping others. Yes. That, 
what it gives more happiness to someone than all these billions and quadrillions of dollars or playing casino or being playing Wall Street. That's why I said into our business model is we are in the business of redirecting money from Wall Street to your street. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and look at this man. When he reached 60 years old, he started doing more philanthropy. More and more and more. Yeah. And look what happened. He was thinking, okay, I am giving away almost all my money now. What will happen is that he got more money from the humanity. Yes, I know. <laughs> and he funded just astronomically from yeah. 3 billions to 17 billions, mm -hmm. from 17 billions to 36 billions, from 36 billions to 58 billions, and from 58 billions to 86 billions. And this continue going on and on and on because he's applying the natural law of giving back. Right. He's applying the natural law of betterment. Yes. It's yes. just simple. It's very simple. Yeah, it is very simple. We've also, it's I think, a big question comes into mind is what is enough for us? Why do we feel the need that we need to have so much more? Is that an insecurity? Is it, is it again ego driven that only if I have millions upon millions am I going to be taken seriously? Um, we've, we've been taught that. We've been taught that you're only worth something if you've got a lot of money, if you've got a lot of status, if you're this, if you're that. And we, it's a false illusion. And nobody can live up to that because we're not meant to. We're not meant to. We're meant to be give and receive, give and receive. This is the way that the life has always been designed to do. If you make a lot, you take what you need and you regenerate the other. It seeds other opportunities for other people to have what you have. That's why you were given the gift to make a lot of money, not to hoard it and give it to yourself, but to be able to now seed opportunities for other people. And that's where your true abundance and self-worth really comes from, isn't it? That's totally right, Sarah. You get it. <laughs> and you know, at the same time, what I actually want to encourage to people that is seeing this interview is something that is uh, for me, why I managed to achieve this. And I don't know if you know, but this company will be in the Inc. 500 list onto this year, which, which is the top 500 companies that actually grow the most in the last three years in the entire U.S. Mm -hmm. So what I actually want to give to other entrepreneurs also and potential philanthropy investors that are listening to me here is, you know, we actually apply for this in 5,000 list, but I already know and I am creating this dream that we will be in the in 500. You see? But you're a creator. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, you're wired that way. I mean, my son has that ability as well. A vision to see it and make it happen. But because you come from heart, you see your baseline, your baseline was to always make people's lives better. Yes. That was your baseline. And because you see the vision and the dreams of knowing how to make people's lives better, that's why you've actually got all this wonderful divine energy on your side. Not everybody does have that. So that's why we need people like you to show people how to do it. How to, whether it's big or small in their own communities, how to do it. You really, you know, I say there's certain people that are chosen that are being gifted. You were given a little extra, right? And, and you're doing it. 
You know, you could have gone another way. You could be driving the fast cars. You could be having the this, the that, and, you know, the Armani suits and God knows what else everybody else wears. But you've chosen to go the other way. A, your parents showed you the path, but you've also been given the gift. That was your gift to give, to be able to see, to generate, to make it happen. And not everybody can duplicate that, but we need people like you to show people that whatever the measurement is, if you can dream it, you can show them how to make it happen. Exactly, Sarah. And what I wanted to finalize this message for the entrepreneurs is, you know, like a, to make a company expand and constantly expand, you need to make it a purpose-driven company. But yes. not only that, you need to find the purpose. Yes. That actually, that purpose excites and actually motivates you, really. And it's not, a, it doesn't need to be a personal purpose. It needs to be an unpersonal purpose. What I mean by that is a purpose that will actually improve the humanity. Yeah. And then you put a business, an organization around there. Yeah. And then let me tell you what will happen. The biggest is this purpose. Yes. The biggest will be the barriers that, that comes in that you need to overcome. Yeah. So that's why you need to know that you're creating a game there. Yeah. And if you're creating a game there, these games has barriers that you need to overcome. Mm -hmm. like, a, like a game on, you know, when yeah. you're playing a game like a Nintendo or right. this game, right? <laughs> yes. And so this is something that you need to know as an entrepreneur. And then look at your organization as a game that you are over overcoming purposes. You're overcoming barriers to achieve this purpose that you created. And every time that the barrier is big, never forget your purpose because it will be much easier to overcome that barrier. Right. Well, you know, um, one of the reasons why, you know, you were gifted is because you were given this right from very, very young. You've really had kind of one major barrier where you lost the money and then you regrouped and went again. A lot of the people I interview have had some real catastrophic things happen to them in life. I call it the cosmic two by four, where they've lost everything. You know, maybe it's health, maybe it's a death, maybe it's income. And they've had to um, literally from the ashes like a phoenix grow again. But every single one of them has said, no matter what I went through, big word, through, you've got to go through it, who I have become because of that journey, my meaningful purpose today is my service to humanity. And none of them would have not taken that journey again. Inspiration begets invitation. When you've seen somebody who's gone through it, and today they are now sharing that wisdom, the skills, the tools, the knowledge to help you on your path to go through whatever you need to go through in life, it is abundance, isn't it? It's abundance. I call it the orchard of wisdom um, just ready for the clicking because this is what we have on these shows. You are one of those people that people will click on and the wisdom that they will get from you if they're willing to listen. We learn from the people who have taken the journeys before us. They are our inspirers. They are our inviters. Exactly, Sarah. And something that I want to, because we are going all into the philanthropy side, but I also want to come back a little bit more to the investing side mm -hmm. to show you why it is important for these investors to focus in the U.S. market. 
and why it is important for the investor, for the American investors, to invest into this business model mm-hmm. and how that will create an, a, a wonderful effect across the planet. Because let me give you two different informations that you may know or not. Number one, what the United States do and achieve, the world follows. Yes, mimics. <laughs> yes. And then second, United States is the number one real estate market of the world. Uh-huh. It has the most number of agents, real estate agents on the planet. And it has the more quantity of transactions. Uh-huh. So the U.S. leads the real estate industry worldwide. Right. And is the most organized real estate industry of the planet. So now to finish this idea and be able to share what I want to share with you, I want to show you something that is really important and will actually surprise you. But before that, I want to give you another information. 90% of millionaires across the world were made in real estate. 90% real, real estate moguls, right? 90% of millionaires of the entire world right. were made by real estate investments. Right. Land speaks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's where we live as a human beings. You know, yes. we, need, we need a roof. Right. So, exactly. We've got feet on the ground. We're not up in space yet, folks. <laughs> exactly. So now let me share something with you here that is this. Countries with the highest home ownership rates. Look, Romania has the highest rate of high ownership where over 90% of the population are homeowners. Wow. Wow. But let me show you the list, please. Romania is number one. But look, Singapore, Slovakia, Cuba, Croatia, Lithuania, India, Hungary, Russia, and Poland are in the top 10. Wow. Not one North American country. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But the number one country in real estate in the entire world, look what is it. It's not even even in the list. Wow. Not even in the list. We have Canada with 67.6%. But now, that's why when you go, and I want to show you this, let me just show you this, so I can actually, let me close some things here. But let me just show you something here, so you can actually, when, when you go to my Equity and Health website, you will find our mission is to stabilize families and save neighborhoods while raising the conscious level of health in the investment world. We are doing, but look our vision. USA at the top 10 countries with highest home ownership rates ranking. So with all this vision and with this, our business model and getting all these investors to support these families, we can revert the home ownership rate in the US. And if US revert, and more families are stable in their own home and creating equity for themselves instead than for landlords. Yes. Then more families will be more stable financially long term. More families will make it more longer. The children have, you know, this, the network is on the families that belongs. Yes. And yes. then 
the world will follow. Well, actually, it looks like the world is leading right now, and we need to follow because they've put people first. I mean, let's face it, if you own your own home, and I did at one time, I don't anymore, there's a sense of security, there's a sense of pride, you want to maintain that home, you want to be able to open that door and invite people in, you want yeah. your community around there to, to support one another because this is your community. But yeah. if you're renting and you know the landlord could kick you out any time, when something needs to get fixed, they never come round. You have very shady neighbors because that's just been rented out as well. There is never a sense of belonging. There's never a sense of being able to build on the pride or build on the community because you're constantly in transition. You, there is no security of longevity there at all. Exactly. You got it, Sarah. And something that I want to say here is that, and I have it here as a quote in my book, is the most true powerful units on this planet into where everything holds and expands are the family unit and the pride of ownership. Yes. Yes. Family unit and the pride of ownership. It's very simple. Family unit being together and being strong and being tight, everything can actually hold and expand much more. And pride of ownership, if that family or the person is following and moving toward and investing and putting their time where there is the pride of ownership that is in that home, then they can actually, they care more. Yeah, exactly. I will not, exactly. I will not say that that is 100% of the cases. I will say, I will predict that 80% of the people in this planet mm -hmm. will care about their own property. They'll protect their own, right? Yes. This is their investment. You're going to lose money if you don't take care of it. Exactly. Right? It is your baseline. It is your security. And, you know, look at the older communities where they came many immigrants way in the past that went to America, they managed to scrounge to buy a place small, humble. Then they started a, a little business that, you know, then is passed down from the families. And all of a sudden, you know, there's this 2006 crash and there's this crash and that crash and they lose their business and now they lose their home. They've spent 30, 40, 50 years building this up, not just for their family, for the children's families and lost everything because the scales tipped way out of balance what you're trying to do is bring that balance right back it right now it's so out of sync isn't it exactly sarah you are so right on that and you know with philanthropy investing we can balance that mm -hmm. we can balance right. that more it and has to, it has to be that though. i mean this is the thing that we're trying to get across to the world right now there are so many people with money out there and money in your, you know, in your castle, counting your gold in your tower is not, you're not a rich man. You're a poor person if you need to hoard that money, if you can't regenerate and invest it in, in people and in, in opportunities for other people. I don't care how rich you are. You are poor if that's your thinking. Taking that money and reinvesting it. In, in development, in housing, in community, in innovations. Look at how many young people today are so incredibly innovative with their ideas. Why are we not getting behind them? Why are we not exploring those opportunities of where they can go? They're our future. They're our solution for the future. So mm -hmm. we have to look at wise business 
as being a philanthropy business where you are willing to invest without knowing what the return is going to be, willing to invest long-term in people, in the planet, in the possibilities of what can come from that, and then you will get a nice return down the road. But the biggest return you'll get is knowing what a difference you've made in the lives of others. Yes, that's totally true. You got it. It's the only way business should be done now. Exactly, exactly. And that's actually what it is philanthropy investing, using your time for Mm -hmm. the human welfare of the humanity. Right. See what I mean? So let me actually, Sarah, read you another quote from my book that is related to building intergenerational wealth through philanthropy investing. Intergenerational wealth meaning passing to your children and grandchildren. So a smart man with his work and intelligence will create a legacy that will provide good for his children and grandchildren. Ivan Ans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As, as, as it's meant to be. It's as it's meant to be. Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing that I wanted to share with you that is on the side of, let me show you, on the side of the importance for the philanthropy investor is that we are also thinking in the philanthropy investor side on the investment side because an investment is as good also, not only as how much it can produce, mm-hmm. it's as good also as how well protected is. Right. That it yeah. will not get lost by a change of the something. You see what I mean? Well, it, it's for any time that somebody takes a risk on investment, somebody, you're always worried about that gouger, that Pac-Man that's coming behind, right? But if you're investing in something that really truly is rooting, that is really expanding and developing, it is more secure. Exactly. So you're not going to have that gouger come along and chew it all up. Exactly. That's totally true. That's why I want to show you something here that I have. Um, which I call the protection technology for the philanthropy investor, which is the philanthropy investor protection. And that protection is a system that we have that is done with something that is called the trust stack technology. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I want to actually share it with you because I have it here. Um, I just want to share this screen with you. Give me a second. So everybody can get it to know it. Let me see here. Okay, now I will open. Just the computer that is giving me. Don't worry, I mean, this is one of the things we need is investment in computers. <laughs> Ones that actually people can use. <laughs> they get so high tech, it's like, what? Exactly, exactly. Let me give you, okay. It's um, this, let me close this because I just find why it was not opening. You know, sometimes I have a friend that says, technology is wonderful when it works. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> online uh, podcast network i understand that (laughs) so this is the trust and corporate protection the philanthropy investor protection technology from equity and health so 
each, let's say a philanthropy investor will buy three homes. Mm -hmm. So he will have, we will create for him, our lawyers did, because we have a standard template, but was created by our lawyers, is that one each individual land trust for each individual property. In this way, the title of each property is in a different entity. Uh-huh. That different to creating a, dif a different corporation for each of these properties. In a corporation, you need to a lot of maintenance in, ar in order to get the protection that that corporation will give you. These land trusts do not require maintenance. Never, 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 never. Only if you want to do a change. Right. But this is a technology. Then you hire a trustee, which is the manager of the land trust. Mm -hmm. And equity and health will become the trustee in this case. And then who is the owner of each of these land trusts? It's not you. It's a personal property trust, which is the second layer of protection. That's why I call it the trust stack technology, because it's two different trusts. This trust is giving, is holding passive income assets and is getting the beneficiary, is the beneficiary of the money that is coming from this trust. That is the money that is coming from the families that are paying every month their monthly payment to the philanthropy investor. Now, there is a possibility of having a third layer of protection that the philanthropy investor can decide. It can be a living trust where you will actually name everything that will happen with your assets after you pass away, that is a living trust, then a limited liability corporation in the US, a corporation in anywhere in the world, or an individual retirement account in the US. And that's the third layer of protection. And then it comes the person itself, the individual, the philanthropy investor, which is highly protected with three different layers of protection. And not only that, you can actually decide that you as an individual, you don't need any of these third layer of protection. You are the beneficiary of only the two layers of protection. Right. So we manage everything for you. So you can be hands-free, relaxed. We are the trustee. We manage these trusts. And you just receive your money month by month by month that is coming from the families that you are helping. In and other ways, you've become the banker, haven't you? Yes, you become the bank. Correct. You become the bank. And the beautiful the thing of this too is also you really do not have to be a millionaire to invest in this. You might be just a young person who's wanting to invest in something that you know that it's growing, right? You're not having to nurse it and manage it all the time. You know that it's growing, but you don't need an awful lot of money. So you might be a first-time investor with a certain amount of money and you want to put it somewhere where you know it's going to grow long-term. Uh, that's less high risk. So this is not just for the billionaires out there. This could be for somebody who just wants to build something for the future, maybe for the children down the road. Exactly, Sarah. And in this way, what you got is that this system is a whole machine that was mm. thought, a whole system that was thought for the philanthropy investor protection. Plus, on the top of this, we have insurance for each of these trusts with $1 million of liability for the philanthropy investor for each of these trusts. So three homes that are, you know, it can be bought for with 120,000 US dollars, these three homes, then it will have 1 million, 1 million, and 1 million. Plus, this insurance cover for, for, covers for any hazard that you can imagine. Right. From flood to hurricanes to fire mm -hmm. to lightning 
to, you know, anything, earthquake, anything you can imagine. That is, no, let's pause on that one because look at what is happening. I, I've personally known people that a lot uh, lost their homes in the, in the paradise fires. Um, and, and very often insurances will not cover acts of nature. Right, and then people have lost everything. They have absolutely nothing. So having an insurance that covers all of that, um, you know, it, it that in itself is absolutely huge because you know, we don't know. We know with climate change right now, things are happening that we don't understand, and it can happen anywhere at any time. So having this kind of insurance is really, really uh, secure, not only for you but for the homeowner as well. Exactly. You, are, you get it, my friend. And just to be, you know, I know that we are close to the end of the interview and I will actually show you at the same time something that is really important for, for the investors to see is that we have, we have investors all over the place, you know, and in 13 different countries of the world. And watch, I just want to read you something that you will enjoy reading. It is, look at this guy. I've been a property investor for 29 years. I've invested in rent to buy, fix and flip, and to take advantage of the capital growth market. For the last six years, I've lent money to low dog investors. I decided this was not for me. Too much hassle, too little return. I was introduced to equity and health, detailed on the way they operate and structure things, and decided to invest. Every single step of the process is done in-house with experts. I used to do that myself. My time is not taken up with inspections, dealing with banks, dealing with real estate agents. All the work I used to do myself, they now do for me. Kevin Dixon, real estate investor. Excellent. Yes. You take the headache out of it. Exactly. Right? You know, because the realtor, the bank, then the, this person and then that person, and this person's not speaking to that person and it ends up being a headache. This is basically one-stop shopping for the investor. You're yes. investing in something that the system is already in place. You can decide if this is an investment that is six years, 10 years, or is going to your family or whatever you want, uh, whatever layers you want. But I think the biggest thing is, is what you're doing with this investment. What you're doing with this investment is giving lives back to lives. You know, that there are so many people flapping in the wind as we talked before. Where can I place my feet before I'm ousted out again? You're building communities. You're giving back dignity. You're giving, giving people the right to root so they can grow. And a sense of pride to actually say, I'm an investor of equity and help. And I am helping people get their lives back together by getting a home and building a community. Isn't that the most brilliant way to actually say what you do? Yes. Yes. That's exactly it, Sarah. And just to finish off with the very important information and to summarize all that we've been talking in the interview, as we explained, and this is the end, part end of my book, is as we explained, since the 1970s, mortgage prices have risen. Mm -hmm. have continued to grow faster than wages for the past 40 years. Yeah. As a result, home ownership rates have decreased mm -hmm. to the detriment of many Americans who will never own their own home. At not fault of their own, what was once middle class is now the working poor. Yeah. Paying their bills on time, but barely making ends meet and sacrificing other needs 
such as medical care just to pay exorbitant rental prices. Yep. For nearly half of Americans, almost half of their income goes to rent. Fortunately, there are investors across the world who want to help with this situation and make a difference. With the Philanthro Investor Program, it's possible. You can grow your capital and invest in properties hands-free in a way that also secures and protects your assets. One of the many advantages of our system is that through these industry secrets, you have anonymity and a buffer between you as the investor and the home buyers. This is how your investment will change communities across the country. What's even more important is that you will help children. Children of homeowners statistically perform better in school and have lower drug use and crime rates. You are also helping communities. Homeowners invest more in their local community, volunteer more, and report a greater sense of self-control and self-worth. Are you looking to make a difference while also gaining reliable double-digit return cash flow, financial freedom, retirement income, and something you can leave to future generations? Mm -hmm. I have a few questions here. One, you're only in America right now. Any chance of you coming to Canada? Um, anybody can invest anywhere in the world, right, in America. We have an enormous problem in Canada where um, our prices have been driven up so high by outside of, um, investors, foreign investors, that local people can't afford to buy homes anymore. It's just completely out of their range. And this is, you know, a stabilization needs to happen. And so what you're offering in what you're doing right now, because you've been buying homes that have been kind of neglected or reclaimed, but how does this, can you at any one point take this into the mainstream, not just houses that have been reclaimed, into the real estate market as a practice. Can this happen? Yes, yes. That actually, okay. your question for me to understand it again, can you repeat the question? Is there, wait, I know right now that you're, 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 you're um, doing this with houses that have been reclaimed by the bank and you're buying from the bank, but we need this as a mainstream real estate practice right? Where there, there is an investor that helps people get their first time home and helps them, um, you know, buy into a house. Can, can this be done just on mainstream real estate anywhere oh. across the way? Yes. I think that that is totally possible. Also, it can actually be possible and um, it just need to, to swift, you know, the real estate yeah. industry need to swift a little bit towards yes. the Andrew investing model. Yes. And it can totally happen. Because yes. we need to see a, a, a bigger balance and you're bringing that balance about, but this balance needs to be practiced across the board. This yes. needs to become something that, you know, how many people, you know, have that down payment or they've got that down payment and all of a sudden when they've got the down payment, the house that they want to buy has gone up a hundred grand. Right. You know, and, and so having, you know, a philanthropist investor help them get into that first time home, right? Then it's something that um, it, it has more, again, the dignity about it, uh, more security about it. And it's, you're not getting the gouging that you're getting from elsewhere. I, I can see it bringing about a stability in the real estate business, even in the banking business as far as loans go. But it has to be something I think that we see across the board because this philanthropy 
equity, you know, helping people while also making money is something that is, needs to become a mainstream practice in everything that we do. Yes, you're right on that. And also banks, don't, don't get me wrong, like there is also another philanthropy investing programs out there. Mm-hmm. And there is, a, you know, there is some uh, institutions that will also be helping families with their homes in the U.S. The main type of people that we're helping now into this program is people that because they had a situation in life, yes. the bank will not give them the money. And right. that is 51% of Americans. Right. Is that also the refugees, you know, people that have come for the dream in America and they found out it wasn't such a dream? Yes. That's why if we actually get really U.S. at the top 10, the yeah. top 10 countries with home ownership rate, highest home ownership rate, now we are talking about really dream. the American dream. Yes. Really. Yes. Because that, that's what everybody was being sold. They've been sold, come to America, have your own home, the land of opportunity. And yes. in, in the last 40 years, it's been what opportunity? Where? Yeah. <laughs> right? So. Exactly. And that's what equity and health was born right. to revert. Yes. Using, using the philanthropy investor concept that I created. And equity and health is the first company that they actually led to use the philanthropy investor phenomena. So this can go wild and we yes. can actually switch. And let me end off, my friend, with a quote from my book that it says something like this, that you will be really, really liking this. It says something like this. We really need to see this go even beyond just the housing that you're doing and helping the people that you're doing now. I want to see your company just become the model that invites other investors, other philanthropists to understand that the investment in lives, in people first, in giving them that dignity, that rooting, that seeding to grow their possibilities is the true enrichment, is truly the diamond, the gold, the nuggets of what a country is. It's not about how much money a country has in the bank. It's about how many people, how many lives it's enriched in their own individuality, in their own communities. That is the true enrichment measurement of a country. How many people have their own home? How many people can have their own business? How many people can afford to go on holiday, put their kids through education, afford their health? All of these things. That's really where the true value of a country is and that's where the shift has to happen it's only going to happen for a philanthropic investment it's only going to happen for people when they start putting heart first exactly exactly my friend and as you just said i that's so important you know why because as the last quote of my book says the only reason you raise to higher states of life is to help others come up and you, will, and you will never find the real different reason that will last, Ivan Hans. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think what people have to understand is that giving is truly receiving. And, yes. you know, we want, you know, I always say, please go and get rich. You know, get rich ethically, not on the backs of other people. Get rich. Then say, this is what I need for me and my own. This is what I have left over, and I'm going to take it and create opportunities for other people. Like the wind, 
like the currents of the ocean, like the blood and the energy that runs through everything in our lives, it needs to flow. It has to flow. Let's get that money flowing. Let's get it generating. Let's get it building. Let's get it creating opportunities. That's the only way we're going to turn things around. Exactly, my friend. And let's get all this money from casinos, from yeah. Wall Street, and from places, you know, that are creating a speculation and, you know, losing and around. Let's swift that money to come back to the humanity, from Wall yes. Street to your street, my friend. So yes. I want to really thank you for all this uh, well, time. No, no. How do people get to you? How do they know more? Where's the site? Where's the book? How do they reach you? Okay, so they will actually come to equityandhelp.com okay that's equityandhelp.com yes. yeah and then they will ask to have a philanthropy investing interview with the philanthropy investor consultant right so is that for the for the philanthropy side and the investment side it doesn't matter which side you're coming in exactly it's all right. together mm -hmm. it's all together it doesn't matter if you are a philanthropist if you are an investor we will qualify yourself like right. we qualify our philanthropy investors for the purpose of making sure that this, that you're not just an investor, that you also have a philanthropy side in you. Otherwise, this will not work for you. We don't, you don't want just the money, you want the heart and money. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Come with the heart and open up your purse. That's really exactly. what you want. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, so it's um, equityandhelp.com and yes. your book can be found there or your book can be found where? The book will be found in Amazon in approximately 30 to 45 days. Okay, so it's not quite out yet. It's not quite out yet. It's coming okay. very soon. Are they going to be doing a pre-order on it? Yes. Excellent. So get pre-ordered on there. There are an awful lot of people out there that have got an entrepreneurial mind, that are looking to invest, that, you know, have, have a really good business acronym, but they want to invest things that is going to serve humanity, that is also going to give them a return. Because, you know, investors do want a return. Otherwise, it's, it's charity. You want your investors to have a return. But at the same time, seeding the opportunities for other people to have the right to build their own lives. I can't see how this can be negative in any way. It, it is a win-win on both sides. And it's a win-win for the community. It will reduce violence, as you said. It will create people coming back together where we've lost people too much in the wind. It will um, create more heart and kindness and, and support for one another because the people that you've got coming into these communities have all had a journey that's been rather rocky. And so they understand. And those are the people that will support each other even more. So it, this, it's a wonderful thing that you're doing, you know, from, first in, um, brought about by Kathleen. I love what you're doing. The fact you're doing it so young, the fact that your parents, thank you parents for showing him this path, but it's also something intricately that is you. Your DNA, your gift is, is this. And I want to see more of this happen. I want to see it be happen everywhere in the world. I want to see it become a practice that uh, philanthropy investment beyond housing. I'd love to see it in innovations. I mean, the dream I'm seeing right now is how far this can go as a system as a system of investing in ideas, in opportunities to see how things go, right? We've had too many investors where what's my bottom dime? We don't want those. We want people who really want to see the opportunities and see things grow. So thank you so much, Ivan. This has been absolutely wonderful. 
You're welcome, Sarah. And for the better of the planet and for the better of all of us. Exactly. You've built a wonderful platform. It's so easy, folks. So equityandhelp.com. Go and investigate even further. You have no idea how much you need to invest. You might say, I don't know if I've got enough money. Ask them. Right? It could even be something you can do with a group of people. Let's even just buy one house and see where it goes. Right? Step yeah. up, ask the questions, become a part of it. If you are a person or a family that has had the missed opportunity, would love to have a home again, reach out to you. If you're listening to this and you know a family, then get them to reach out because that's the way we do it. Don't just hear this and go, that was a nice show. Start sharing it. Start talking to people. Start asking the questions. Could we? Be, a, be an investor collectively together as a family. We could do it as a family. And then it, later on, it's a return that comes back to the family. Right? Exactly. And if they don't have the money, they can philanthropy invest with their time. They can become a philanthropy investor ambassador. Exactly. And other philanthropy investors, and we will send the philanthropy investor ambassador fees is in it as an exchange for bringing us philanthropy investors because indirectly they are helping families. Exactly. So the thing is, is ask, what can I do? What opportunity is there for me? What do I need to do? What can I work for? Right? Because yes. it, it just starts with an intent that you're willing to follow through on. Exactly. Thank you're you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really just want to see more of you going out there and doing this and, and the expansion of where I can see it go. And heart has to be first, first folks. Heart has to be first. So thank you so much for listening here today. Thank you so much, Ivan. And to everyone else, remember, we are the solution we seek. For every problem, there is a creative idea that you have to step into. But when you step into it with heart first, then you actually truly see where the abundance lies. So until next time, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show and were inspired to come and visit us at selfdiscoverymedia.com and see what other shows we have for you. And please do visit our selfdiscoverycommunity.org and see how you can be a part of giving back. Thank you very much.